Hello and welcome to the Golden Wheel Tavern. You know, just earlier today I had an adventurer come in complaining about how his armor was ruined by a rust monster. His whining reminded me that we need to discuss how to prepare yourself for the world out there gear-wise. Today, we'll be discussing starting equipment and items. A smith has their hammer, tongs, and anvil. A farmer has their pitchfork and scythe. Everyone has their tools and equipment based on the roles they take on in life. And as an adventurer, with a role to fill in the party, there are tools of the trade. Each class comes with a selection of starting equipment. This is where understanding your role is vital. A deceptive rogue may take a dagger, while a frontline fighter takes a warhammer. There are near unlimited combinations of equipment you can use for your role especially as you gain more loot throughout your adventures. You can get especially focused with your weaponry once you and your fellow adventurers have started gaining magic loot and equipment. We'll start with armor, detailed in chapter 5 of the PHB. As you may already know, armor's purpose is to protect you. It alters your armor class, your AC, which is what determines how difficult you are to hit. A character's base AC is 10, plus their dexterity modifier. There are a few races, classes, subclasses, and spells that give you other formulas to use for your AC. An example of this is the monk class, which we had Drilinma take. Their unarmored defense ability gives us a new formula for AC without armor, setting their AC to 10, plus their dexterity modifier, plus their wisdom modifier. If you are ever given multiple formulas, such as being a barbarian without armor and having a wizard cast the spell Mage Armor on you, you only choose one formula, usually the one that gives you the highest AC and use that. As for your character, unless you are a monk or barbarian, you will most likely just use the formula provided by your armor in chapter 5. As for armor, there are three kinds, light, medium, and heavy. Light armor, like leather or studded leather, allows you to add your full dexterity modifier to a new base AC. It is useful for those who are stealthy, sly, or those who need protection but aren't trained in heavy or medium armor. Medium armor, such as hide or scale mail, offers more protection than light, but limits your maximum dexterity modifier bonus to 2. Medium armor is a good option if you still want to have your stealth but need more defense or if your dexterity modifier is low, but still a positive bonus you want to take advantage of. Heavy armor, such as chainmail, splint, and full plate is just as the name would describe, heavy. You lose a lot of your ability for stealth due to its cumbersome nature, and heavier armors have a strength requirement to avoid being slowed by your armor. These disadvantages are made up for by their strength, giving you a solid AC with no concern for your dexterity whatsoever. If your dexterity is very low, or you are playing a particularly strength-focused tank, you may want to take this type of armor. Drolinma, being a monk, will actually take no armor, since their class doesn't give them any, as they'll get a bonus to their AC through their class features. Weapons are the main tools for quite a few classes when it comes to combat, Weapons come in two types, simple and martial, and two subtypes, ranged and melee. Simple weapons, or at least some of them, can be used by almost everyone, typically dealing less damage than their martial counterparts. 
They are, of course, called simple because they are simple and easy to learn to use. Martial weapons are more complex and require more training to be able to use, but reward that training with more damage. Technically, anyone can use any weapon, but without proficiency, you will be unable to use this weapon effectively. Weapons come with certain properties such as light, which allows them to be used well for dual wielding, and finesse, which allows you to use dexterity rather than strength to strike a foe with a finesse weapon. We'll dive more into depth into what exactly each weapon and property does later. For now, just keep in mind that melee typically uses strength unless you take a finesse weapon, and range typically takes dexterity unless you use thrown weapons. We'll brush through chapter 5 and take a short sword for Drolinma, due to his proficiency from his sub-race, although we gain the same proficiency through our class as Monk. Just a little side note, multiple instances of proficiency do not stack. Now that we've picked our armor and our weaponry, we get to pick some equipment. Many classes get a pack of some sort, giving you some equipment. The description of the items in these packs is on page 151 of the PHB, but they mostly boil down to two types. The Diplomats, Entertainers, Priests, and Scholars pack are all more fit for an urban environment and a character filling a job. The Burglars, Dungeoneers, and Explorers pack are all fit for going deep into an adventure, having rope and lights. Quite often, at least one member in your group will take one of the three packs more set for adventure, which will very much come in handy. While you may feel that the packs made for exploring are the only good ones, it's important to realize that they aren't the only valid option. A good set of tools for playing your character is just as valid as a pack for helping your character make it through a rough area of the world set forth. As always, once you decide your pack, jot it down and the items that come with it. Drolinma will take the Dungeoneer's pack for themselves. One last item that some classes get in the starting equipment, specifically classes that focus on spellcasting, is some sort of spellcasting focus or material pouch. These items, being a musical instrument for bard, a holy symbol for a cleric and paladin, a druidic focus for a druid, and either an arcane focus or material pouch for warlock, sorcerer, and wizards, allow these classes to cast their spells without using material components, as long as they have a free hand and the material components don't have a gold cost or are consumed by the spell. We'll go into spell casting more in depth later, but right now, Jolinma does not get focus as he is not a spellcaster. It's now time to finish filling out the character sheet. I highly recommend at least looking up a 5e character sheet at this point, if not downloading and printing off a sheet. We'll write down Jolinma's name, subrace, class, and alignment at the top. We'll write our skill scores into their respective slots, with their modifiers as well. We'll put down our proficiency bonus, which is a plus 2 for all level 1 characters. As we go through and fill out our sheet, we'll make sure we have notes explaining things that aren't just a number, like our character's racial abilities and their class ability. We want to make sure we have everything written down, like our attack bonus, which is determined by taking the relevant skill modifier, being strength for most melee and dex for most range, and add the proficiency modifier if we're proficient with the type of weapon it is. I personally recommend writing down your character's ideas, bonds, and flaws in first person 
using I and me, in order to help you see them and internalize them a little more. It can really help you get into the character. One final note, if you need help making your character or filling out your character sheet, talk to your fellow players or your DM. More than likely, they'd be happy to help you. A lot of people find making characters a fun mental exercise and would love to help you. It seems our new adventurer Drilinma is ready to go. They have their gear, their stats, and their abilities. They have their ideal, their bond, and their flaw. We have picked out a background and we made a backstory. All the numbers are in their place and our sheet is ready to go. It's time for the next big step, playing. But we have one more thing we must cover. Not for Drilinma, but for our more magically inclined friends. We'll cover your spells and how to pick them, and what the true cost of magic is next time you stop in. I'd like to thank you for listening, but before we go this time, I have a question from one of the tavern's supporting patrons. They ask, how do you handle problem players and the removal thereof? Now, this is a delicate and difficult situation. A player can become a problem player in many ways, and that deserves its own chat. But for now, my advice is to communicate. Speak with your other party members. Talk to the DM and talk to your problem player. D&D is a social cooperative experience, and if a player is spoiling it for a section of the group, that must be handled carefully, but respectfully. Make sure the player understands that it's not like you dislike them if you're still friends. Communication is the key here, and I know that's sometimes difficult, but it will make it easier in the end. I hope that helps. Now, as we close this out, I ask you to rate us highly on whatever channel you're using to listen. If you want to follow this on Twitter, check out at the TavernKeep and tweet about us using hashtag TavernKeep. If you want to support this project other than sharing it on social media, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash the TavernKeep's Guide. I'm Ryan, and this has been the TavernKeep's Guide. Thank you, and be sure to tip the barmaids. <laughs>